The Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the chosen one of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We were so focused on whether machines would become like humans, we never considered the fact that it's us who are becoming like machines, simple machines, who just respond to stimuli. That was a quote by author Zadie Smith. She was on the radio. It was a recording of a city arts and lectures interview in San Francisco. And she talked about the pressure on teenagers to get likes, followers, subscribers, listeners, views on social media. And we keep modifying ourselves to get more views. And the views are often just robots and algorithms. They're not even people, and yet we cater to them. I know for myself, if I've put my cell phone down and I hear it chiming, bling, I just automatically run over to it to see what it is. I don't even know if it's a text or an email or a phone call, but I just run to it in a Pavlovian response. And I don't even think, should I check my phone? I just run right to it. Stimulus and response. Zadie Smith raises the issue even beyond our becoming like robots who respond to computer algorithms to a question of our identity and our formation as humans. And she said, I guess the dystopic nightmare is that there will become a human who can function perfectly happily in the algorithm who doesn't even notice the algorithm anymore. And then she joked, maybe that's the plan around San Francisco, because she was right here near Zynga and Facebook and Twitter. But it was comic relief for a very disturbing statement. Now, technology can be wonderful. It is a good part of our lives in many ways. It connects us across time zones. It keeps us in relationship with friends and family across God's good creation. I can text my mom back in New York and feel very close to her. We can FaceTime and see each other and feel like we're not 2,000 or more miles away from each other. Technology provides ways for us to share resources and information 
and it is a way to keep people healthy by tracking the coronavirus and keeping us quarantined and tracking the virus and its spread, and it's all good. There's a lot of good things about technology. But Zadie Smith's concern is where do we find solace? How do we get away from the technology and the fishbowl when we want to? Where can we escape the pressure to perform? How do we step away from the algorithms and the stimuli? And then she said this, which really struck me. The place where you used to go to recalibrate no longer exists. The place you used to go to recalibrate no longer exists. It's right here. That's what we're doing right now. That's what church is for. That's what our faith communities are for. And that's why we gather week after week after week, good, bad, sad, happy, tired, energized. We gather again and again to have that place to recalibrate. So it does exist. And in Zadie Smith's defense, she was answering a question from the audience. It wasn't something she had written about what does she think about recalibrating and human identity. If she was writing a response, she probably would have nuanced it a little bit more. But it really just struck me when she said, the place where you used to go to recalibrate no longer exists. And as a pastor, my heart broke, and I thought, it does exist. Zadie, come to my church. But she lives in New York. And she's British, so her home is in England. One such place where we can recalibrate in church is during Lent with Jesus in the wilderness. So out of all the seasons of the church year, Lent is probably the number one place and time when we recalibrate. The 40 days of Lent are the perfect time for spiritual practices to center us, help us look at our priorities, and step away from the technology and all the pressure to perform. We've set up spiritual practices here for you on Wednesdays and Sundays. On Wednesday night, we have soup supper at 6. And the purpose of that simple soup meal is to step away from the rush and busyness of life and just have simple soup, sit with your brothers and sisters from church, and just have a very simple meal. And then at 6.30, worship will be in Jensen Hall, right where we have the soup, Some of you were asking for Marty Haugen's evening prayer, the Holden prayer. We are having that this Wednesday. It's not going to be every Wednesday, but it is this Wednesday. And then at 7 o'clock, there's choir rehearsal here in the sanctuary, a class on John in the library grading room, and then I'll be available for table talk if anybody wants to sit and tell me about your journey this Lent. The 40 days of Lent are rooted in Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness where Jesus was tempted by the devil. Now notice that Jesus' temptations are not ours. You can let me know if you have any of these temptations. To turn stone into bread because you're so hungry? I don't think so. And we have a wonderful food pantry here so nobody should be going hungry. Are you tempted to test God by jumping off the roof? Anybody planning to climb on the top of the church and jump off and see if God will catch you? I didn't think so. And then the last temptation, to be king of the world. Anybody want to be king or queen of the world? I didn't think so. Yeah. So these are Jesus' temptations, which are related to his being the savior of the world. And they're not our reality. They are not our temptations. 
So then what are our temptations? Well, I think one temptation for us is to just give in and be robotic. Just turn to technology and to our phones and never have a minute alone or a minute of solace. To let the algorithms plan our life with stimulus and response. Stimulus and response. Bling! And we run. That's Zadie Smith's fear. Another temptation might be to be too tired or too busy to stop and recalibrate. So to solve this, all we have to do is nothing. Because Jesus does the work for us, and Jesus faces temptation for us. So all we have to do is give up trying to be perfect, trying to do more and be more. Well, you might be sitting there saying, But pastor, I'm not a perfectionist. But we still get caught up in the algorithms to have more, to buy more, to do more. Let Jesus face that temptation for you. Let Jesus give you a moment each day of doing nothing. Let Jesus embrace you with God's love for a brief minute each day of Lent. Now, this is not something you have to try to be perfect at. I'm not throwing another responsibility and job at you, something else to be busy with. I'm literally saying, give up at least once a day. Just do nothing. Get away from your phone. Get away from people. Get away from everything. Find a little spot where you can just dip into God's love and be a human being. And if it's 10 seconds... That is fabulous. That is plenty of time. It's the depth of the moment rather than how long it takes. So I don't want to add something to your already busy schedule for Lent, but I do want to invite you to just give up, drop everything for a moment, once a day if you can, a few times a week if that's too much, but just try it. And you might think at first, well, this is stupid. I don't feel anything. Well, that's a waste of time. That's totally normal because it's not a practice that we're used to doing nothing, and just sitting in God's presence. So try it and welcome Jesus into your life so that he can recalibrate you over these 40 days of Lent. This Lent, we're on a journey together to discover how God can use us to care for creation. Now Jesus faced down the devil once and for all, for all times and all people, including for California in 2020. So let's look at this gospel reading for a minute. Who are we in this gospel reading? Jesus is in the desert, sent there by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. So Jesus is there. Well, we're not Jesus, right? And we don't want to be the devil. Does anybody want to be the devil in this story? No? Okay. Who else is there? They're alone in the wilderness, Jesus and the devil, until the end of the 40 days. And then scripture tells us, when the devil left Jesus, suddenly angels came and waited on him. There's angels there. Anybody want to be an angel? I would like to be. When we give up and do nothing and let Jesus recalibrate us, then suddenly we can hear God's call a lot more clearly. And it's so much easier for God to use us. We can become God's angels just for a moment. And then God will move on to someone else and use them if they're open and move all across creation. When God uses us to care for creation, we, for that moment, are one of the angels waiting on Jesus. So before we sing the hymn of the day, 
Let us sit for a moment and do nothing. Just be a part of God's creation. Amen.